0: You hear me all right? Yeah, how are you? I'm alright, yeah. I'm just bored, but I'm not all right otherwise. <laughs> so how long have you been doing this show then, Skin?
1: Um, I've been doing it. This is week four. So we're recording week four. So um it's it's brand new. Yeah, you're my third, you're my third interview so far. <laughs> I just interviewed um a really lovely new singer called Arlo Parks. I know you like your new music, so um yeah. Arlo Parks, A-R-L-O parks. Yeah, parks. I think Can she's I got I'm very there? Yeah, she's got a really lovely lilting, beautiful kind of voice. I think you would like it actually. It's um yeah, definitely. I've already done. Welcome to Skin Things. my name is Skin if you don't know by now This podcast is where I'm joined each week by a music legend A friend from the industry or one of my favourite up and coming artists For a bit of a chit chat I'd say Um, If you heard my show on Absolute Radio You may have caught a little bit of these conversations Well these are the full fat uncut versions in all their glory Now back in November I spoke with my mate Paul Weller About everything from new music to family to clothes And here he is Welcome. I'm absolutely delighted to be interviewing you. Um, I think we have now a texting relationship for about a year and a half now. <laughs> so I'm a newbie into um, Paul Weller world from a, from a personal point of view, but as an artist, obviously, you know, I've been I've been loving your music and loving your work for a long, long time. Um, i want to ask you first and foremost how is your how is your lockdown being going you know you are, you are you happy about it have you been creative um, how are you feeling about what's happening right now artistically
0: it's a lot of <laughs> b- <laughs> <laughs> it. It. but during the lockdown i i made an album you know i made a conscious decision i thought right I'm, we can't work live so i'm going to do something else and make a record <laughs> and uh, so that's what i did and we've finished it now so it's coming out next May yeah Uh, and then hopefully we start to tour again in June but you know
1: yeah we're gonna I mean we're supposed to tour in May so let's let's you know eyebrows raised let's see let's see what's going to happen um I was going to ask you about um I to be honest right as an artist I'm not really someone who likes to talk about you know something I did in like 1991 or blah 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 blah. um so I'm not really going to kind of focus on that but I wanted to ask you that in every different In incarnation of what you've done from the jam to the star concert to being solo, you've managed to create a different aura around it and a different atmosphere around it. Like they've all been forward thinking projects and very much kind of leaving what you've done in that group behind. What is your process for doing that? You know, do you have, do you go into recording an album with a set idea, with a set sound, or are you just experimenting?
0: Probably the latter really, you know, I mean, sometimes I've had a very definite idea about what I want to do next. And then other times I have very, very abstract, uh, vague ideas about what I should, what I want to do, what I should do. Um, But until you actually start recording, you don't really know. They're just ideas really, they're just thoughts. So often, you know, we just start, I start with a little, just a few songs for an album, you know, maybe I forgot three or four songs. And then put those, demo those, and then all of a sudden you start to see, oh, okay, there's an album, there's a kind of thread here, whether it's a sound or a a vibe or whatever, and then just follow that really. Often I think you have to just follow you or follow the music really in a way, you know, that kind of, that leads me more than, than conscious, being really conscious of what I'm doing.
1: And do you find when you're doing that there's like this one song that you kind of hook onto, and then that kind of starts to define the rest of the album
0: yeah, well it come you always get like those those songs that become like the cornerstone of the record, right yeah, and, and then you sort like you know you build up from that, do not you
1: yeah, exactly do have you got like a studio in your house and stuff have you got like a set up that you can just walk down to, or do you have okay. to go to a studio
0: um I just at home, I just record everything on my phone, but <laughs>
1: yeah <I'm at
0: laughs> my, too. Studio, my studio now in uh in Surrey so that's been a godsend really and so that kind of I mean, having that at my disposal especially during lockdown so yeah. then I can come down here and make music and still carry on working in a way you know or I would have gone mad otherwise and uh so that's just been a real yeah real joy to have that
1: yeah are you kind of at the point where, like, for me as well, I just kind of think, right, like, with every new thing that I'm doing, I'm just going to dive off the cliff into the abyss. You know, it's kind of like, doesn't matter the success I've had, doesn't matter, this doesn't, none of that really matters. You know, it's all Janet Jackson, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> you know? Um, and how, do you feel like that's, are you, do you feel like you are just, you can just dive off the cliff or do you feel like you have to kind of hold on to some of the old fans or hold on to some of the old sounds or anything? Uh. Well, I
0: feel really honest, right? I've always just done what I've wanted to do at the time, really. I haven't really given it too much thought, you know. And um but at the same time, um, I always want to try and see if I could do something different or, or if I can move on, move move it move what I do along a little bit, you know, every time. But at the same time I would also like to think I can take my audience with me as well.
1: Yeah. They're doing, used to
0: it, yeah. I'm not doing it to alienate people I probably was years ago like style council days I would deliberately rub people up the wrong way (laughs) but I don't do that now I'm that much more mature so now I would like to take my audience with me you know because I see a lot of people and once they get in their 40s it seems to be that they kind of get stuck in that rut of like I only like what I used to listen to when I was a kid yeah stick with the music of that time right and it's not like that for me. I've just kind of, I've just always been a fan of music. So whether it's old or new, all the time I'm discovering hearing old and new things, right? That's because I love music so much. So I'm just trying to sort of encourage my audience, well, oh, look, there's other things to explore. You know, there's other great, there's so much great music being made. You don't always get to hear it because the radio just play a certain sort of type of music. Yeah, it, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but, uh, but there's so much brilliant music, as you know yourself probably. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's all out there. It's just got to get to hear it.
1: I mean, I think it's important to be the leader, not the follower. You know, I think as artists, you know, it's important to be the one that's like, well, I'm creating um, and you just kind of keep an open mind and be ready to kind of suck it in or not, you know.
0: But why cut yourself off from all those other possibilities? That's, that's the other thing. Exactly, what, yeah. Why stick with one thing I and mean, just go and see what other flavours and what else is out there, you know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just you literally dive off the cliff. You're like me. <laughs> um, you know, I was going to ask you about... Yeah, you're um,
0: way beyond me. I saw you diving off the stage, man. I mean, I'd come to yeah with you. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. You know, it's so interesting, though, because I feel like as a performer, I'm not going to be able to do any of that. You know, I, I feel like when I look about, when I look at, as a performer, what I did in the last tours and what I've been doing for a long time and all that fun climbing up balconies and jumping off, off, off speakers and that, I'm not going to be able to do any of that because I'm not going to be able to have that much to be that close to the audience. Because if we do tour next year, you know, I think it's going to be, I don't know if, I don't think as a performer, I'm going to be able to do a socially distanced gig, you know? Um, so um, I, do you feel that as, at, the, at the same time? Do you feel like, okay, when you go on tour, it's going to be quite different, yeah. It's going to be—I well, mean, of, for me, half my performances is out the window.
0: Yeah, I understand, you're saying, Yeah, but uh, I'm kind of hoping it's not going to be like that. I kind of thought, it, I'm hoping that from my sort of May or June, that we're actually back doing proper gigs and uh, yeah, and not—I couldn't, I don't think the social distance thing would work for me really. I mean, I guess no. if, it, if we came to it, we had no choice, but it wouldn't work for me really. I,
1: I, I, for me, I, I feel like it would be just dry as <laughs> to be quite honest
0: yeah, I can't imagine you especially what, what you do I can't imagine you.
1: <laughs> can you imagine it people yeah. the five in people in a gig in, the, <laughs> in, a, in a bubble <laughs> I want to talk about On Sunset in particular because I remember you sent me this song um, before the album was out and that was one of the three or four songs that you sent me mm. and I fell in love with it because for me what i love about what you do is that you're wonderful at obviously there's a, there's a level of quality that doesn't go down with you there's always a high quality of lyrics there's always a high musicianship and there's always like soul and depth and groove to whatever you're doing um but this one really just really on sunset it really evoked a mood to it as well like you translated a whole feeling to it um, and that's that's one of the tracks i love when you sent me to it sent it to me last year year was that and then did that become the cornerstone of the sound for the album or was it part of one of the you know what did that did that song i mean it's you know really good but did did that song make and direct the album
0: uh yeah well that and another song called Mirable, really that was the yeah. first song you did for it and because that was so sort of um abstract in places and and it seem to have everything in it that i liked and wanted to project in this that record and on sunset but on the actual song the one you're talking about that was that was that was definitely one of the main sort of uh one of the main tunes on the record for me really yeah yeah uh, trying to incorporate the sort of soul and also some kind of electronic thing and a slightly abstract size to it and uh you seem to have all those little bits to it you know but still melody and hopefully good playing and all the rest of it, you know.
1: Yeah, I noticed all the little kind of keyboard bits um, happening on a few songs, actually. And that, it's interesting because I think um, you've managed to do this thing where you make it current, but you make it classic at the same time, Right, you know? So putting those little flavours in there, bits of keyboard that melt into it as apart from like, oh, you know, I'm Paul Weller and I'm doing like a new sounding album. It doesn't really sound like that. It sounds like it's melted in there.
0: Yeah, it's natural. I think. I mean, you know, we're trying to. I'm thinking, well, how can we make it different from the last record, but not to the, the expense of the songs. You know, that good song is a good song. You know, in my opinion, whatever it's stressed up in. So the songs are kind of really impo- the most important thing, I suppose. Um, but I just liked on sunset. I like the song. I like the. I like what I'm trying to say in it. I, mm. I kind of related to it a lot, and. Um, yeah, it was born out of real experience as well, you know, just not all the songs are.
1: What was it uh, born out of?
0: It was, I went, to see my, I went to see my son who lives in Los Angeles and has been there for about four years or something like that. And then uh, I went to see him anyway, and I stayed at, um, just off the strip, off Sunset Strip. And I hadn't been to that part. It was very, I was right by the whiskey and the rainbow and all that little bit. Oh, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, no yeah.
0: And then... So, I hadn't actually been, I hadn't walked around that since the, when I first went to America when I was 19, right, in 77.
1: Yeah. And
0: Just all come flooding back. I was like, Jesus, you know, I this is like a, a lifetime since I've set foot in this little spot, you know. Yeah. And that was the first place I ever played at the whiskey and all that stuff. Oh, right, okay. couldn't get served a drink because I was only 19.
1: That's <laughs> weird there, you know. Was they, got some, it. they got some weird alcoholic laws, yeah. yeah so, know, just yeah. walking around just refreshed your memory.
0: So it just kind of just I just thought yeah a lifetime is it feels like almost a lifetime has, has elapsed from that from that time of, you know till to the to present time and then I and then further along the strip I saw the sunset marquee, which is quite a famous hotel you know and we used to yeah, stay know,
1: yeah yeah I used to stay there
0: we used to stay there and uh, and just loads of little memories like that anyway you know so I just kind of that sort of formed the, the idea of the song and then I kind of as, I'm, as I often do, I try and broaden out more than that. So there was this person, hasn't got to be me, but there's this person found himself in this, on the strip and just looking for old friends or maybe old lovers and everyone's gone or married or moved on, whatever. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: And without you realising you just you forget that 40 years or whatever it is, is a, has gone by and it's like this, you know, it's just gone back quickly.
1: Fast, I know, tell me about it.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's the idea of the song, really.
1: Excellent. I love yeah. that. How do you think um your songwriting has changed? What are the main ways that you think your attitude has changed to making music and to writing? I mean, you there's always been like a kind of social political kind of um viewpoint, but from yourself, from your own view, rather than like, yeah, you know, putting a fist in the air. How I, do you think that's changed?
0: Well, I mean, I think generally right, it's the same as it's always been because it's it mainly it's just me still in the kitchen at night time with an acoustic guitar or some kind of yeah. piano or whatever, right? And just sort of, you know, aimlessly just playing chords and whatever, just, just playing really. So a lot of the songs still come the same way, but at the same time I'm more kind of I've been a lot more uh, open-minded in how I work as well. So there's something I'd never would have done before, but in recent years, when I say recent, probably like ten or twelve years actually, but I've come into the studio with very little maybe like a scraps of lyric or a riff or maybe sometimes nothing at all you know and then just built this thing up just put some layers on you just build it up build it up and then and some all of a sudden something turns it turns into a song and you kind of get the idea and you see where it should go and where it flows and, so i wouldn't have done that years ago because it, i think it would probably the idea would have scared me to do that because right. like it would, I would scared
1: you why because it's too it's kind well, of a bit
0: vulnerable you know I haven't got, we haven't got anything to what, we, what we're going to play what's the chord what's the tune you know and uh, yeah but I've I really I've enjoyed that method sometimes you know I haven't used it all the time but sometimes I do <clears throat> and I really enjoyed doing that as well because you just literally going in there and just sometimes open your mouth and sing and don't really know what's going to happen what the melody is or what the words are but sometimes something really good to come out of that as well Yeah, I've had the confidence to do that years ago <clears throat>
1: So before you felt like you had to have all the lyrics written before you went up to the mic?
0: Yeah, pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I yeah think
1: I, so. I, I'm I, a bit like that. I'm, I'm a bit scared of going up to the mic without, you know... I mean, I, when I when I write songs, yeah. I write in a kind of skin language, like blah, 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 and then sometimes words come out and then you make yeah, something it's out. But it yeah. is quite a scary thing. That's quite a brave thing to walk into the studio like that.
0: It is, yeah, scary at first, but then I, sort of, I quite like it, you know, because there's just... Yeah. This Sing whatever comes into your head, and some, you know, I'm not saying that's every song, It's only a few songs here and there, but yeah. it's a method I would not have used before, you know.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, so I'm always looking to try and, you know, there isn't too many ways to write a song, it's pretty sort of standards, but I'm always looking at different ways of maybe trying different things, working you know, like different ways
1: of life, really. Yeah, using the
0: technology, yeah. All these lovely things you can do with computers nowadays. <laughs> not me personally, but I pay people yeah. to do that.
1: <laughs> no, I'm the same. I mean, I think one of the things that's happened in this uh, uh, COVID thing is um, everyone kind of getting into this DIY thing, because really, now I have to control everything myself. And personally, I hate it. <laughs> you know, I love gadgets. I love doing that. But when it comes to creative, I like to sit behind a desk and have someone pull, press all the buttons because I want it done fast. You know, I want it done now, now, now. So um, yeah, I can, I can definitely relate to that. Um, I'm going to do slightly curveball because, I mean, uh, like me, but in a completely different way, um, you're, you've always been a bit of a snappy dresser, <laughs> you know? You're kind of known as the the guy with the, with the nicely cut pair of trousers and stuff. How is that? Does that just, I mean, people ask me this question, I want to ask you, is like, how do you find the relationship between um, fashion and music and how what has that meant to you over the years? Uh, well, I
0: don't know if I've ever really followed fashion. Maybe I have, without realising it. I probably did when I was like 12 or 13, when I was a little um, skinhead suedehead. Um But probably my love of clothes come from that comes from that time, really. You know, and also my mum was she was very young when she had me, so she was always uh, she was kind of very sort of trendy and always looked nice and dressed nice. So, but I think uh, because I grew up during the 60s. I was only a little kid but nevertheless i still sort of caught some of the 60s understood what was going on and into the early 70s i thought they were very pivotal times really for a lot of things music and fashion and yeah,
1: revolutionary uh, an time before. everything was going was on yeah. Time,
0: yeah and i don't know if it's in my own opinion right if it's ever been bettered so i as far as i'm concerned i still wear the same sort of styles if maybe variations on them, but the same things I loved when I was a kid.
1: Yeah, beautifully, beautifully cut clothes. <laughs> Beautiful material.
0: When I used to go to like a local disco, right, in Woking, this was like 70, 70, 1970, 1971. And all the kids, all us kids, everyone looked immaculate. Everyone yeah. dressed up the nines. And, uh, and I just thought it was amazing, really. Mm.
1: It's
0: that whole working class uh, culture.
1: Of dressing up, you know. Mm. I mean, in, in, when I went to Jamaica when I was a kid, um, you know, there was a whole beautiful look, and everyone, like you know, everyone had their lovely kind of cut trousers, a beautiful shirt, the socks, the shoes, the hats. It was all clean. Now, you know, you got dancehall, and it's all gone ragga. But you know, when I was a kid, I remember that everybody looked so good.
0: Yeah, I was looking at a picture right on our board of Otis Redding from '66. Oh yeah, and his trousers. The length of his trousers are exactly right. The gentleman's trousers should <laughs> Exactly.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's no message. <laughs> I've got another question for you, slight cover. Why did you stop being in bands? What, why did you kind of end it and uh, decide to be a solo person?
0: Um, well, I don't know. I mean, I am. I still sort of think i'm in a band
1: yeah
0: because like when we get when we all get together even though we all go off and do different things when we're not working but when me and my band get together it feels like a band to me you know mm. i mean we've been together probably for over 10 years now
1: yeah
0: for quite a while so it's a long time yeah mm. um so i kind of sort of feel i'm still in the band and whether they like it or not, but I was still think of them as being my band, you know, even though they're all grown up and do their own things.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so I still am, I think, you know, probably more so in lots of because 'cause we're really get we all get on all right as well, with friends.
1: Yeah. I mean that's that's it becomes a sound really, doesn't it? Because you're working with the same people, you have the same flow, you have the same energy, um, and you can yeah. kind of get things quicker done and it does it becomes its own sound, I guess, even though it's, yeah, a it's better better
0: conversation. Made there's less conversation about things. too much. Uh, there ain't too much uh, deliberating on anything. It's just like we kind of
1: mm.
0: get in there and try it and see what happens. And, you know, it's more Are, that you, actually, are you
1: quite democratic?
0: Up to a point. I yeah. don't personally think democracy works in a band. It
1: doesn't. Right?
0: <laughs> it, doesn't. it doesn't. I agree. So, if, so we've got to have one or two at the most people really directing it. But at the same time, open enough that you take on other people's ideas and or listen to them and try them yeah. and whatever, you know.
1: I guess for me, it feels like you have to kind of, the, you, you've got to have someone who's got the overview, but you have to have yeah. so much space that people can feel free to put in brilliant ideas and whatever that people yeah, feel that they can get involved in it. So it's kind of everybody's yeah. band, but you've got to have one person that's the overview, you know, yeah. that, that yeah. tends to be the songwriter. Yeah. maybe
0: society's the same I don't know I would not say
1: yeah um listen I'm gonna um ask you a couple more questions um I I feel like I'm uh a bit privileged because you've you've written a new album that we talked about at the beginning uh in lockdown and you sent it to me and the astonishing thing about it is like there's some songs on there that I think are probably some of the best things you've ever written I mean, Thank you know, you. I'm not gonna mention them because I'm not gonna to give too much away. That's for you to do when you're ready. But there's a couple of songs that I was like, whoa, this, I, one of them, I played four times in a row, you know? And it's kind of like, what astounding, what's astounding is like, this is your brand new album that no one, you just got on Sunset out. And then you've got another one coming that's got songs that are kind of even better. I mean, how the f- have you done that? To be quite honest. <laughs>
0: Well, I don't know. but um, Thank you, but I don't know. Uh, Well, I mean, it's quite a high benchmark.
1: Yeah.
0: So I'm kind of conscious of that, you know. But who knows, you know what I mean? Who knows at the time? You don't know if they're great songs. I mean, you have a good feeling about something. But until you actually record it and then you play it to other people, you never really know, I suppose, you know. Um. But they all felt good. I mean, we had a lot of tunes, so we kind of whittled it down to the to the twelve, and just tried to make them all as strong as possible, really. And yeah, hopefully we've done it. I don't know. Yeah. What? What is
1: is that? What drives you? Is it just the music? Is just the centre thing that just drives your whole personality and everything you do?
0: Yeah. Well, kids yeah, I mean, My kids as well. Most important things for me, my kids. And then outside of any family thing, it's just music for me. Yeah, um, well, uh, <clears throat> I haven't really got too many other interests outside of that. For me, it's honest. You know. mm. it's music really, and music and clothes, and it's the same thing. As, but since I was like twelve or whatever. <laughs> yes. I mean,
1: Those lovely obsessions, music and clothes, man. <laughs> I think you uh, discovered Nina Simone around the same time that I did. Um, that ten-inch. Uh, the
0: eighties, yeah. They, my yeah. baby's just End, maybe it just
1: yeah. me, Love Me, Leave Me, Little Girl Blue. And you, yeah. I think you have the same album that I that was my first ever record that
0: that I ever bought. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That was the first thing I had as well, and that really got me into her. And I didn't know her before that, if yeah. I'm And then and then I bought I managed to buy her first album, which I can't remember what it's called now. But anyway, so I just kinda of caught up on all her music. Yeah, she was just incredible.
1: Yeah.
0: I saw one of her last shows at the Albert Hall, maybe a little I, while before I was there. she there.
1: Yeah, as well. yeah uh, I was there and she played some of those old Negro spirituals.
0: Yeah, she come out of the African thing, whatever it yeah. is. But um she's incredible, I think, and uh I love that thing where it's kind of um it isn't like loud rock music or something, but within uh within that quietness or what, what seems like a quietness, there's this kind of anger at times that just builds Intensity. and builds. But, yeah. Yeah, it's just brilliant. I think things like I don't know if you know these songs like Four Women's Great Song. Yeah, I do. And, uh, and a version of Pirate Jenny. I don't know if you know that song at all. So Kurt Weill's song. Um, but just a sense of dynamics and I mean, obviously, such a brilliant pianist as well, you know. Incredible,
1: incredible. You know, um, I, I, I I used to sing along. And I learned every single note of all of her songs, you know, Love Me, Leave Me, you know, all the the, the, the bits in between. I used to scat them over her record because I started yeah. off singing jazz. Yeah. <laughs> Well, listen, I don't want to keep you for too much longer. Um, and our last question, really, I mean, really, what it looks like in England we've gone back back to another lockdown. Um, and but I guess for you, the future is um, the next album. Um, when do you think that's going to be out?
0: Well, hopefully, well, no, not hopefully. It will be out in May, and hopefully yeah. we'll start touring in June. Yeah, and then, uh, but we've still got another six or seven months of. Um, unemployment up to then I don't know
1: what's going on <laughs> yeah I know it's it's kind of scary I mean I think that we're, we're as artists we're built up to tread water for a certain amount of time because you know we make an album then we tour the album and then we take two years off to write another one or whatever but um I don't know for me it's beginning to feel like oh god if this keeps going on and on and on I think it's gonna be get get a bit desperate I think so uh
0: but yeah, how? What do you?
1: What do you do to kind of keep your your mental health up there and keep your positivity going?
0: Um. Well, I mean, I'm busy most of the time, right? Because I've got a big family.
1: Yeah, I mean, because you've got uh, yeah, little kids.
0: I've got three little, three little ones. We've got our, tw- our youngest is our twin boys, and they're eight. And we've got a little girl; she's three and a bit. Cool. Well, I've got eight kids all together, anyway. Four boys, four girls. So I'm quite busy with that,
1: and then uh, <laughs> that's that's um, a, um, that's that's the second job <laughs> all by itself, is it? Eight hey, kids, man, <laughs> you ain't messing around. Um,
0: and then like for instance, like now I'm just helping Pil- Steve Pilgrim with our drummer. He's making yeah. a solo, I'm helping him with that. Oh, cool. that side of
1: course.
0: Outside that, I don't know. I mean, I think like you know, maybe i get getting a post. That's or enough. To- post- or, get, or maybe get a job on the post or bins. I quite fancy being a bin man. <laughs> Yeah. Well, well, so,
1: busy. yeah exactly just keeping busy well listen thank you for chatting with me um and being just a lovely guest um i have to say um you know we performed together or well, you came on stage with us last last year and that was probably one of the wonderful moments of my life i absolutely loved it even though i sang like shit because i suddenly got starstruck but um <laughs> it was a it was a great moment thank you for um coming on stage and, and singing with us and uh, yeah, yeah. And, and for the new
0: I was scared at first when I saw it. You <laughs>
1: Why?
0: the music and I thought, how am I going to go down with this crowd? Now? But it was, it was beautiful.
1: Oh, it? you walked on stage and i would never heard a crowd get louder. I mean, they had no idea. I and...
0: get enough, I'd it worse, but I love with goods.
1: <laughs> nah, nah, it's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. No, it was the loudest noise I've heard. That's the loudest sound I made all night. I mean, people were just texting and writing and social media went crazy. So, um, yeah, it was a a really wonderful moment. Thanks for doing that for us. I'm going to let you go because I've gone over time. But um, it's a pleasure. And thank you for letting me interview you. And, uh, yeah, on Sunset Wicked, we're going to be playing a few songs through the show and bigging you up. And um, I look forward to to next album, man. It's, uh, it's um, wonderful to talk to you.
0: Thank you. You take care. i
1: me, back. All right. Have a lovely day, all right?
0: Thank you
1: Bye. <laughs> what a legend Paul Weller is. I hope you're enjoying Skintings. If you've missed any episodes, why not check them out? Uh, there's my chat with Arlo Parks, Shirley Manson, Billy Corgan and Debbie Harry. If you want to get in touch, you can tweet me at Skin Skinny. Uh, if you want to do me a real favour, you can give the podcast a like, subscribe to it and leave a nice review. That always helps. To hear more from me, I'm on Absolute Radio Sunday nights, 10 to 12, or catch my radio shows on demand on the Absolute Radio app. On the next episode of Skin Things, I'll be joined by my friend Sam Bettons of Case Choice to talk about his new project, Rex Rebel. See you then.